Well, well, happy Tuesday, everyone, and welcome to Just Around the Corner. I'm Dan. I'm a Dave here on 4680Q downtown Niagara Falls. My guest today is going to be the queen of Kingston Blues, Miss Emily. She's waiting on the line, and hopefully if the gods, uh, everything aligns and the gods are on my side, she'll be here on the other end uh, when we get to her. So uh, we've, we've had a few little uh, mishaps over the the course of our nine episodes but we think we've got it down pat so we got miss emily waiting on the line to give you a little bit uh, about what's coming up in the next few weeks next week we've got the former member and founder of canada's lowest of the low if you guys remember that from the 90s great band he's also got his own band now called the stephen stanley band mr stephen stanley will be live here in the studio and then when we wrap up we're gonna grab a quick bite and then we're heading to the studio and and Stephen's going to uh, guest on Evan's album, so really looking forward to next to that. It's going to be fun. The week after that, we've got one of our favorites, Mr. Bobby Mahoney from Bobby Mahoney and the Seventh Sun down in New Jersey near Asbury Park. And uh, Bobby will be, it'll be a later show because Bobby works. This man is one of the hardest working men in rock and roll, and he's, he'll be working. He teaches uh, music, so uh, I think we're going to have a 7 o'clock show, and I'm going to have a guest host that day. I'm going to have my son, Evan Rotella, who who is, we like to say he's, uh, he's Bobby's protege. Bobby's been uh, his mentor for many years. He looks up to Bobby and uh, thought it would be appropriate to have Evan here in the studio with me when we talk to Bobby. So that's two weeks from now. And, uh, of course, like I said, we got Miss Emily on the line. She'll be up next. Don't forget, we're on Spotify now. You can just look it up uh, on Spotify just around the corner. Just search for Just Around the Corner and you'll find us. We're also, all of our podcasts are now at 4680q.ca. They should be up by this evening. And lightedaycanada.com and uh, slash podcasts. So you guys can check those out. Just queuing up my song. So to get the show started, uh, I always like telling everybody, i got to queue up my iPad. <laughs> so I have to look down and talk at the same time. I can't. I can't walk and chew gum and I can't press the pause and start with and, and talk at the same time so we got a song coming up from miss emily um where's my sheets here there we go so i met emily several several years ago um probably a little over 10 years ago in lady day canada and before we bring her on i want to i want to play a, a song one of my favorite i've been listening to uh one of the great things about doing these shows is i I dig deep in, I, I look at, you know, I watch videos, I listen to everybody's records. Uh, unless you're Vinny Pastore, then I had to listen to all your podcasts. And one of the songs that caught me, um, and there's a, there's a story to it that we'll talk about after, is from, uh, I think this would be her debut album. I'll ask her, I think so. It's the first album. And uh, it's a beautiful album called Rise. I remember picking this up. Uh, once I heard it for the first time, you had to, you had to get something for your collection. And uh, just love, the, love this album. It's, uh, it's called Rise. And this one's called Stand in Stone. We'll have Miss Emily on the other side. Enjoy. My lover has forsaken me. Never guaranteed, but I got some good foundation in my bones. I am standing, standing, standing on my own. But if you stand with me, neither is alone. And in times of trial, we shall set the tone. There's strength, my brothers, in the standing stone. Burned, burdened by the way things are. Your 
freedom hasn't brought you far. You are more than what you think you are. You got some good foundation in your bones. You are standing, standing, standing on your own. But if you stand with me, neither is alone. And in times of trial, we shall set the tone and strength. My brothers in the standing stone, I am standing, standing, standing on my own. But if you stand with me, neither is alone. And in times of trial, we shall set the tone and strength. My brothers in the standing stone, there is strength. Ah, oh, what a voice. If that didn't bring a chill to your spine, I don't know what will. That was Miss Emily from her 2014 album, Rise with Standing Stone, here on 4680Q. Niagara Inter- Internet Radio, I'm Dan, I'm a Dave. This is Just Around the Corner. And our guest is someone who's been donating her time and her talents to light a day in Asbury Park, Canada, and over in Europe for well over 10 years. She's a multiple Maple Blues Award winner, including the 2020 and 2022 Female Vocalist of the Year. She was nominated for a Juno in 2022. And her amazing live album, Miss Emily Live at the Isabel, we'll hear a track from that later, uh, and has just released her third studio album entitled Defined by Love. Please welcome to, oh my God, I don't know why I'm so nervous today, Em. Please welcome the Queen of Kings and our friend Miss Emily. Em, you here? Hi, how you doing, Dave? Well, you know what I think it is, Em? I'm nervous because I always got a bunch of guys on the show. I never have a lovely lady to, intru- <laughs> you know, to introduce, and it's like I'm trying to, you know, you know, walk up to the bar and ask you if you'd like to dance. I don't know why I'm so nervous <laughs> with you today. I'm on like episode nine, and I'm like sitting here inside here. It's like I've had thirty coffees. I'm like, what's going on? I can't hit the play button. I love you that <laughs> love much, that. Em. I love you that much. Oh, brother. <laughs> I, I, thanks so much for having me on the show. This is really exciting for me, and you know how passionate I am about Light of Day. So this is just so great to get this time with you and talking about something we both love so much. Well, and the last time I saw you, okay, I've shaken off the cobwebs. The next, <laughs> last time I saw you was at, I think it was at Sam's place, when he had the little soft opening. Oh, and, yes. and you and Evan played, and you, you were you were gracious enough to uh, play with Evan. That was a thrill. And uh, then I think we headed off to see the Glorious Sons and Jay Clements. That's Is that right? right. Yeah, no, that was a fun night, wasn't it? I, uh, you know, Evan's such a pro and he's such a talent. So uh, I'm I'm no dummy. I'm just trying to get my uh, photo ops in while I can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's a lucky man, and, and he knows it. He, he's, it's not lost on him. He knows that he gets to hang out with some pretty darn cool people, thanks to things like Light of Day. So, no, we, we appreciate it. Uh, that, that, that song, uh, Standing Stone, I mean, when you sing a cappella, I told a story last week. I do a show every fourth show trying to break up the interviews where I just play songs from Light of Day artists. And I played Hold Back the River because one of my favorite moments of Light of Day out of all the ones we've done was – I think you know the story. When me and Joe, me and Joe Dursel were up at the Meridian Center walking through the hallways, and you had just come on, and you broke into Hold Back the River, and we were stopped in our tracks. We walked through the doorway into the arena, 
and you had the entire place, 4,000 people, quiet as church mice, and you could hear a pin drop while you sang. And I'll never forget my, my father's response after the show. He was like, wow, I, I've never heard anybody Aww. do that. But it was, no, it was beautiful. Do you remember that? At the I remember Center? that show very well. That was a real special night for me, too. And, uh, yeah, thank goodness there's an outlet mall not too far from there because I remember I forgot my boots. I had to pick up footwear oh, really? last minute. Yes, you know, <laughs> See, more behind happen. the scenes at Light of Day. There we go. She <laughs> forgot her boots. Uh, you could have – what's the guy, what's the guy at Light of Day in Asbury that doesn't wear any shoes? He's great. Oh, I, his name just escapes uh, me. Oh, yes, Adam. Adam, yes. Uh, Ezra. Yeah, Adam you could have been just like Adam Ezra. You could have just there walked up go. there and you <laughs> so tell me, so uh, for those listening uh, that didn't turn it off with all my bumbling at the beginning, um, we have a mutual friend. He's also your manager, a good friend of ours, Gord Hunter. And yeah. of course, you know, when I had Joe Durso on, I, I, I bugged Gord for a few tips on some things I should ask. So I did the same with you uh, since he's been so close to you over the years. And he told me there's a story with uh, Standing Stone. So you want to uh, Yes, there is actually kind of a fun story. Um, back in 2011, uh, some folks might remember the Tragically Hip did a huge outdoor concert in Bob Cajun, Ontario. And yes. it was quite the hype. Um, the promoter who put it on um, uh, was really excited to put on this this one-day kind of festival-type thing. And they had the, the Tragically Hip as the headliner, and then Sam Roberts Band was going on before them, and then the Trues are going on before Sam Roberts Band. And who do you think got to go on before the Trues? It was the old me. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I'm still not totally sure how that happened. I think Rob Baker really had the most to do with it. I think he's the one that kind of threw my name into the ring and was like, uh, cool maybe you should have a female on the bill, and maybe it should be Emily. And, of course, nobody <laughs> knew who I was, um, you know, to anything. So... It was quite an opportunity to get to play music for 28,000 people that day. Wow, what was that feeling like? But I like? thought, yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt, something. but what's that like no. looking out of 28,000 people? Wow, well, you know, um, so being on first, people were still arriving when I hit the stage, um, but they were there. I mean, yeah. <laughs> it was quite something. I, You know, to me, it was people as far as the eye could see, wow. just about, and... Cool. You know, my my partner plays. He plays a lot of arena and large festivals, and of course, he's played for like hundred thousand plus. And right. I can't even imagine what that must look like because to me, twenty eight thousand people. I have this great photo backstage, like standing on the side stage of Sam Roberts, right? Uh, when he was on stage and the sea of people, I'm thinking this is insanity. You know, <laughs> I've made it. So, anyways, yeah, I interrupted. But something. so back to your story. I'm sorry. So so yeah. So anyways, I. Uh, I kept thinking, what am I going to I have to open this huge show, and I have no idea how I'm going to possibly go out there and rock harder than anybody else. <laughs> so then I had this thought, maybe I'll write an acapella tune. And uh, it was a conversation I had with my best friend, actually, and we were kind of talking it out. And, and she's like, yeah, like just go out with just your voice. And sure enough, that's I wrote this song specifically so I could open that show. And I, it wasn't finished. When I was driving up there, I was still writing. And the last line I kind of wrote while I was walking up to the microphone. Okay, so that's what Gord said. Gord said there was something about you writing it before, like just before you stepped on stage. Yeah, it really kind of took took a form as I was like walking onto the stage to sing it for the first time. So it, it's uh, it's a special song to me for a number of reasons. I still use it in performances because, especially after the pandemic, the lyrics hold so true. You know, 
their strength, my brothers and sisters and uh, people in the Standing Stone. So, isn't, isn't that great how music, you know, you can write something. I mean, look at For What It's Worth by Buffalo Springfield. It, 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 it actually holds true to this very day, and that was, you know, late 60s. Yeah, isn't it funny great, how a song can carry? Yeah, no, no, that's 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 great. No, Gordon told me about that one, and and I now how how did the the song go? How did the rest of that show go? And how did that song go? It was pretty fun. I mean, you know, thank goodness for the lovely little Kingston community. So Billy Ray, who's the longtime, multi-decade um, main tragically hip tech, right, who uh, lives in the outskirts of Kingston here. Um, his brother Chris, I've known Billy Ray a long time, and his brother Chris as well. And Chris actually produced. Uh, Standing Stone, the album track that you played there, and Chris now plays in a little band called The Glorious Sun. I heard of those um, guys, yeah. And Chris Coster <laughs> is quite a talent. So he was in my band that day, and we uh, were last to to get our sound check, uh, but it wasn't even a sound check, it's a line check. Everybody got a line check, except for the Tragically Hip got a full sound check. But by the time we got up there, Billy Ray kind of took it upon himself, like all the tech guys, everybody kind of bowed to him because he's, you know, one right. of the top guys in the country. He now travels all over the world with Brian Adams, as Brian Adams' main guy. So wow. he uh, he really hooked us up. We got a real sound check, and <laughs> <laughs> it was we were spoiled. It was uh, a spoiled day. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, I mean, we're going to talk about some of that later, some of your friends, but I mean, Chris Kosser, pretty cool. He played in your band, and now he's in one of Canada's biggest bands. It really, yeah, he and nobody could deserve success more than Chris. He's a fantastic artist, fantastic talent. Now, I said in the opening, I uh, didn't know if I got it right, but that was your, Rise was your first studio album as Miss Emily, right? Correct, yeah, right. the first Miss Emily studio album. That's the first track, Standing Stone, off the first Miss Emily album. Right. Before that, there was a little EP of sorts. I don't even, I don't think I have a copy of that, and that's just fine by me. And um, <laughs> you artists are funny. You put out an album early on, and we all love it. And you go, I don't want to hear that anymore. Bobby yeah, Mahoney no, did I, the same. Yeah. It's just the way we are. But I, I have a, a little handful of stuff that happened before that. An Americana album in 2009. Emily Fennel Band, which is my, um, which was my bar band. You know, uh, we released one right. record that was also in 2009. That's like kind of bar rock. Uh, but I'm really proud of that album. No, you can find it anywhere. And <laughs> <laughs> are you going to re-release um, it? Not even. No, I'm going to have to. You know, I had someone reach out recent, just this last week, and ask me about the Sugar Plum, which is the Americana album. And uh, she thinks she left her CD that she still plays hilariously. That's, that's awesome. In her old car that she just sold. So she's got an empty <laughs> and case. she left it in the car. <laughs> yeah, and she was like, "Do you have another?" And I was like, "Oh gosh, I haven't seen that thing in years." <laughs> Uh, any copies, and so she found she had ripped it onto her computer, so she is going to send me the files so I can put it online. Like, why not? So you, you know, it's music. Sure. And Everything has to nice start to somewhere. Share. But see, you yeah. mentioned on one of the songs, and maybe it was the CBC song, but uh, you mentioned on the live album that, you know, you've had five albums, and so I was looking, and I was counting, and I went, okay, so three studio and one live. Am I right so far now? With the new album? Now it is, yeah. Yes, under Miss Emily's. Yeah, Gord was Gord gave me the background on the the early stuff that I didn't know about. So those so since we're I'm there really old Dave. <laughs> <laughs> listen, I'm, that makes me a dinosaur, so let's let's stop right there. Um, <laughs> it kinda it kinda segues into where I wanted to go anyway. So uh, but before I do, I wanted to I wanted to talk about some of the stuff that I see on Facebook with you. You're a very busy woman. 
Um, I did notice that you just played the Regent uh, in Prince Edward County. How'd that go? It was wonderful. I'm I'm from Prince Edward County, that's each right. generation. So that theater is a home away from home for me. I've been playing that theater since it reopened in 1994. So uh, wow. since I was a kid, and I, it's just every time I get back there, they're so good to me, and I just love that space so much. Oh, that's awesome. And see, there you go. You just said when you were a kid in 1994, and I was getting married. So I'm a lot of, <laughs> so you're still a kid to me. <laughs> now, the other, a couple other things, um, you know, for our uh, listeners that you know maybe aren't familiar with you and want to learn more about you, and you go to your Facebook page and you know catch you on Spotify. But you do a couple really cool things, and one is the longstanding uh, Miss Emily Mondays. How did that get started? And obviously, you're still doing it because I saw a couple up there just recently. Yes, um, so that got started. I had a former um, uh, uh, PR guy named Eric Alper, which some yeah, people might recognize that yeah. name. He's he's a really great, talented guy. Um, and he was um, working an album for me at the time, and, and he said to me, you know, Emily, you need a better plan for reaching out to your, your worldwide kind of fan base. Um, you know, I get to travel and, and play music for people. My daughter is still fairly young. You know, she's just going to be 18 this year. So he said, if, if you're not going to be able to tour 300 days a year, you need to find a way to reach out to these people. And he actually suggested a weekly video series on my Facebook page. And I want to say that was in 2017 or 18. Good for him. Um, and so I've been doing it for a while. So then, you know, worldwide pandemic hits, I already have this kind of platform yes, that I... Right you know, been working for a while. And so it was really, you know, it's really kept me connected to people. Um, and uh, I, I re I'm really thankful to have it. These days, because I'm back to playing so much and actually more than I was even before the pandemic, because um, I'm back to kind of, I'm being, I'm on my own now as a single income right. here in my house. So I, uh, it's, Monday actually is a tricky day. <laughs> it often comes after a weekend of shows. So by the time I hit Monday, that's like my that's my Saturday. Um, right, yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> anyways, but I still keep them up generally every week, and there's something, and uh, I still call them Miss Emily Mondays, and um, yeah, I bet the response has been great. Yeah, I don't think any of us care if you do it on Wednesday. We're good with that. As long as you're doing good. it, nobody cares. That's great. Well, I talk, a lot of people said to me they weren't catching it until later in the week anyways for the same reason. <laughs> well, it's, it's, it's so true. I, I don't, like, I mean, this is my ninth episode, and everybody, I talk, Sam and those guys, they listen to it at night once it's up on Spotify. Nobody's actually listening right now. So I got well, time to know. edit out things. So. <laughs> 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 I can edit out some of the bad stuff and, and fix it up. <laughs> now, the other thing, and, uh, you know, uh, again, our, our good friend, uh, Gord Hunter at the Kingston Humane Society. I noticed that you you started this thing, and I love it. I watch it all the time. It's a it's a great video. Uh, Adopt a pet with Miss Emily. How did how did that get started? That's a really great idea, and I love it. Well, videos. you know Gord, and uh, yes. for folks who don't know Gord, Gord Hunter, my manager, is also uh, head of the Kingston Humane Society. Easy. I'm a huge animal lover, like many folks are. Um, I happen to be allergic to most animals. <laughs> <laughs> But, you know, I still love them. I have pet uh, Netherland dwarf bunnies, uh, two of them. Right. And one is a rescue. Um, so we, you know, we, Gordon and I would talk because we're great friends as well. Uh, his wife, Jeanette, uh, and the three of us hang out quite a bit. So they're, they were telling me about, you know, what happened as the kind of the pandemic started to come to a close. All these people who had adopted pets 
during the pandemic no longer could take care of them. So a lot of these organizations ended up with this huge amount of animals back in their possession. Um, And there's just not enough resources. So I'm trying to help animals find a home. It's really just, um, I can't, I can't adopt anymore. (laughs) (laughs) You you can't take them all What can I do? Um, And uh, if you can't adopt folks, I always encourage you to donate money. This is, uh, I always try and make a donation of the year as well, financially, but this one, this is something that I could do. I have a little platform because of my social media yep. presence, so uh, these Adopt-A-Pet videos came to be, and we've done five of them so far. We're going to do more um, this spring and summer and try and get some animals, some homes. That's great. Now, have you had any success? Well, um, that you know what? I haven't followed up. I need to follow up and find out because... Uh, I kind of, we edit them, and then we put them up, and then we see what happens. I know there was one dog who did find a home, Great. and that is awesome, uh, but I I have yet to hear about the rest of the animals, so now, I need to check in. Now, have you been following the, uh, uh, the saga of uh, Riggsy? Oh, gosh. Isn't that the best? Um, what a story, yeah. <laughs> and uh, just, just love what Gord and Jeanette have done with Riggsy. It's just amazing. It's amazing. Yeah, I did meet Riggs. Did you? Beautiful, big yes. When I was up at Kings and Humane Society, Gord's office dog we're talking yeah. about here. Great, big, huge. I can't remember. Oh, yeah, that's kind of an inside thing. Yeah, I should probably elaborate. Yeah, yeah, but he, you know, it's this is a, one of his, I, I did a, one of my episodes was Judson, who was uh, Riggs' brother, and, and he now has a home, Judson. And, um, you know, they're big, beautiful animals that were horribly mistreated and and found that's, that's the sad by part. the road yeah that's i don't get it i have a dog and i i couldn't imagine I doing what some of these people hard do. to believe what it people do with animals i can't understand but, but then you find a, a beautiful man uh with a huge heart like gord and what he did with rigs and watching the progression it makes my heart feel great to see slowly that dog kind of come back around and, and become the dog he, he should be, all because of the care uh, from the Kingston Humane Society, Gordon, Jeanette. It's just, it's wonderful what you're doing. And, you know, I'm, a, I'm an animal, Aww. I'm an animal Thanks. lover too. And uh, if you guys out there listening, uh, go, to, go to Facebook uh, and look up Kingston Humane Society. And, and you, you can scroll through and find the story. It's a, it's a wonderful story. And you'll also see Miss Emily and adopt a pet. Now, speaking of adoption, <laughs> that was a hell of a segue, Dave. Uh, <laughs> Kingston is your adopted home, right? You are not actually from Kingston. You did mention Prince Edward County. Yes, I am from uh, Prince Edward County. Oh, my God. Sorry. As I'm talking to you, I realize I have just stepped in animal poo. That's awesome. <laughs> that was, is, you did you really just things. do that? I literally just moved my foot, and I was like, moo, moo. I want everybody to know that I called Emily this morning, and I said, when we start talking about the dogs, go for a walk and step in crap. Because I think that oh would really gosh. work. Oh, my gosh. You know? <laughs> I, I, my, my eyes are all filled up with tears, and now I'm like, Millie, he's sitting beside me here like, what? So, oh, that's true. Watch where you're walking, lady. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't step Sorry, in your I toilet. Sorry, can't this, folks. <laughs> <laughs> that's the best. I knew this would be fun. Maybe that's what Oh, I mean. gosh. Um, yeah, so Kingston. Lovely Kingston. Well, here's the thing about being eight generations deep in Prince Edward County like I am. <laughs> If you don't want to marry your cousin, you have to move. Um, <laughs> Gord said you'd say that. I love it. I didn't want to say it. <laughs> That's awesome. No, no. I've we have Dunville uh, out this way, so, yeah. 
this is the PG version of how I tell this story. But <laughs> I, <laughs> generally speaking, um, you know, I followed a boyfriend here to Kingston. Kingston is a fantastic city, um, and I've been here 19 years and counting. Wow. Um, I'm just now realizing that I don't think it's going to be my forever home. I thought it was going to be, and then I went through the divorce uh, very recently. Right. This went through in February. So I'm like, oh, yeah, and, and my partner now, we're planning a life together, and he was in New Jersey of all places. Oh, right, so right. I it's forgot. It's amazing to me how the life can change, and, and you can find your what you think is your forever home is just actually, uh, you know, not a blip on the radar. I mean, 20 years, it'll work out that I'm here, but, um, I, I just, I, I, having traveled all over the world now, right. I realize that Kingston is very, very special. It's a wonderful city. It's a beautiful sense of community. It's all in the water. It's old. The limestone's gorgeous. And some talented people Live come out of there. <laughs> and entertainment scene. It's just like a great place. So, um, I accidentally landed here following a boyfriend and then, um, and then 10 years or eight, 10 years ago, partnered with somebody else. Oh gosh, 12 years ago now. And then it's, I just, it's the rest is a blur, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> and, now you're gonna have, and now a man's going to take you down to the, take you out <laughs> of Kingston, Kingston. And down to, <laughs> down to Asbury. <laughs> now, okay, but you're not just, you know, you're not just a rock and roller. You're, you're also a mother. How's that going to affect everything? So my daughter, um, geez, is Evan grade 12 this year? No, he's in university first year. Oh, my gosh. Okay, I couldn't remember if he was a year older or a year younger than Piper. Or so, maybe same age. so he's a year older than Piper. So Piper is in grade 12, and she's going to be 18 years old in May. Wow. Already. And just in this last, just this past fall, when things finally started to open up again, I started back to touring pretty heavily because I had to. I mean, I have right. to work. I'm a single income, back to being a single income again with a household and a kid who's going to go to university right. <laughs> faster than a blink of an eye, <laughs> and I need to pay for it. Yep. Um, so, yeah, so I ended up going on the road quite a bit in the fall. Really was a good testing of the waters for us. I was on, on tour six and a half out of nine weeks. Wow. Um, essentially for the season of autumn 2022. What we did learn for Pipes is that was a bit long. <laughs> she's really good. You know, now she's my everything. She's my daughter. But when I leave, she's the head of the household. Right. I was just going to say, she's she's in control of the house for she really is. 18 she has years old. A, a really great best friend, and she's got a lovely boyfriend, and, and you know, they're wonderful um, support. Uh, and, I, and we have a community of people, of course, who love us and, and help when they can. But it really comes down to her and we did learn that that was a bit too much. So I've dialed it back a little bit. I'm, I'm really working hard to find more um, regional, let's say, work. Right. So I'm away for one or two days and not three weeks. Yeah, that's, um, that's a lot. Just for the time being. Um, and, uh, now, you know. Where does she have like, plans to go in university? Is she plan on sticking around in Kingston? or? Yeah, she is, actually. She Her plans for years was to go to UBC, and I th she said she noticed this a lot with um, uh, changes for a lot of her peer group, too, who plan on going far away. I guess maybe those couple years stuck at home. <laughs> you know, it, the, the same, know, no, the same thing with Evan's friends. Like, we we originally thought Evan was going to go, you know, to Toronto or somewhere to school, mm -hmm. and I, we were all for, like, yeah, you got to get out there. That's what I did, right? Yeah. Get out there and learn. And all his buddies, too. And <laughs> the funny thing is, he ended up staying. 
His girlfriend <laughs> ended up staying, a bunch of other friends. And those who left, two of them came back after first semester, and now they're going yeah. to Brock. And I'll tell you, from a parental perspective, it's a lot cheaper. <laughs> Living at oh, home. Oh, gosh. Yeah, I mean, she, she really, I mean, I can't even deter because we have Queens, pretty decent university. You think? <laughs> and um, we've got, you know, yeah, uh, St. Lawrence cool. College is here, too. So she's still actually trying to decide between college and university. She can do either, which is good. That's good. Um, but I, I really just want her to follow her heart and take uh, a course that really interests her and moves her. And, uh, you know, her mom's a full-time musician. She's never going to get the lecture of, make sure you choose wisely. And you're like, I'm so proud of you, university. Drop it. You'll love me. Um, <laughs> you're a great mom. That's awesome. But she, uh, she, I, I really want her to just follow her heart, and um, you know, I, I part of me wishes she would just kind of wait it off. But I think she, her, and her boyfriend have decided they're going to do a road trip. I think this fall for a couple weeks. Um, she's going to do a fifth year of high school, which I think is smart oh, for her. It is. And uh, we had some pretty big life changes in the last couple of years, so I just, you know, my, my little saying to her is, "Dumb it down, kid. Dumb it down." Well, and there's no, <laughs> you know, there's no rush. We had grade thirteen when I grew up, and you know, these kids are getting out there young. We just had this conversation at the table last night. They're getting out there so young, and you know, yeah. th they're making mistakes. Like a lot of his buddies have come back because they're just not prepared yet. I mean, and no. then they had two years of COVID on top of it, so. It's true. It's been a, they missed some real um, important years yeah. where they get to like make do some falling on their faces in life. Yeah, it's hard life to grow up in your digging. basement watching TV. Yeah, it's really tough. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> Talking to your buddies. Exactly. <laughs> now we got to get back into the music stuff. So tell me, I, I I got a little bit of a background on this, but I, I have to admit I'll be like our listeners because I, I won't know I won't know the answers to this. And I'm really interested in how you got started. You know, I, I know in, in one of the articles I was reading, uh, it said that, you, you know, you became a uh, full-time musician, I think about f 15 years ago or something along those lines. But tell us how you get start, how you got started in the business and, you know, when you're – tell us about your first gig or your first band. Oh, my gosh, I love that. So March 1st, uh, that just passed, was the 19th of being a full-time musician. So 19. Like Maybe it was an old video, year. too. <laughs> so, yeah, okay. Oh, my wow. God. 20th year of being a full-time musician right now. And yeah, good for you. I mean, no other work but music work. Is so, really? So, yeah. you're, I mean, you, you weren't, you know, working as a cashier somewhere and gigging. You were just no. gigging. Wow. No, the only supplement awesome. to my income and royalty income, my music income, was teaching, um, but I've never done that full time. I've only ever done it casually to kind of supplement my income. Nice. So it's uh, I, I and I love teaching. By the way, I would if I had to be a teacher tomorrow would not be the end of the world for me. But I, I think I'm a better performer um, than a teacher because I have pretty significant ADHD. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you know all the guys would be lined up to sign. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> All the boys would be lined up to be in your class, though. So, <laughs> <laughs> love it. I hey, love this it. is this so, is episode nine, and this is the best looking person we've had so far. So, yeah. I just, I'm sorry, Vinny and Vinny <laughs> and Durso, but I'm just the way it is. This is the Vinnies and the Joes. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, my very first gig, gosh, you know, I, I mean, my mom says apparently I performed at the church when I was four. I sang really? solo, The Great Big Elephant. It was on the back of a coloring book. Um, but I, I don't remember that one, you see. Uh, yeah. 
you know, I did a lot of I did a lot of shows early on. I called the church circuit. Uh, did a lot of performing in local churches around Prince Edward County. A lot of hockey national anthems, and all that really? was going back to when I was a kid. Yeah, and then singing competitions. Ottawa had a few pop singing competitions, and then I really got involved. Like I did a show called Homegrown Cafe, which was a Ottawa area a CGOH television had this like it's like a star search i don't remember star search oh i remember i'm old enough (laughs) so that was that was kind of that was a real thing and i met this great family um uh known to many as the wilkinsons um fast forward a few years and they were nominated for a grammy against the dixie chicks but they the kids uh amanda and tyler wilkinson and their dad steve were doing this um country singing contest circuit and they really they mentored um, me and my mom really, and we ended up doing these country singing contests. I mean, that's what paid for um, a, a good chunk of my two years of university that I did was money that I won in these country singing contests. That's fantastic. Yeah, so I mean, from there it's kind of a bit of a blur. I mean, I got into singing um, a 401 circuit, like solo guitar stuff, and I was living in my car for a while, and you know, it was. Well, you did the rock and roll thing. You lived out of yeah. your car. Jumped in a van and headed across the country. Yeah, it was pretty. It was pretty fun, really. I don't. It wasn't a sad thing at all. It wasn't a dangerous or sad thing. It was fun. I did a lot of couch surfing. It was eight months of living out of my car, and of course, <laughs> a lot Crashing. of those months were cold in Canada. Yeah. So, uh, but I, I had a great time, you know. And then uh, got an apartment in Kingston, Ontario, and a few months later, found out I was pregnant. So, real life, you know, finds a way to now, how long <laughs> did you upside the head? <laughs> <laughs> how long did that sideline you? I mean, other than the nine months, I get that. But I mean, <laughs> how long did that sideline you? Oh, five five weekends. <laughs> really, five you weekends were back off again. Seriously, <laughs> and then I went back full time. Yeah, and I was playing two hundred and fifty shows a year. Ladies, are you listening out there? She's a champ. That's incredible. <laughs> so you just jumped right back into it. Wow. Well, there wasn't much choice. I mean, thank goodness my body was young. I was twenty four. I just turned twenty four. Right. You know, I had taken these five weekends off of gigging. I was hoping she came kind of. She was due in the middle. Well, she came literally 24 hours and 20 minutes after I left the stage <laughs> of the last gig. <laughs> so I got to make the most of my five weekends off. And, uh, <laughs> and you've been gigging ever since. Last call, baby, I called her. If she ever complains about not having time off or anything, you can kind of bring that up and say, listen, I've had five <laughs> weeks off my entire life. <laughs> yeah, she and then she was at all the gigs. I mean, I was her only food. I was his only food source for you know the first six months. So I did as many traditional things as I could with her because I felt like I was being judged because I was this young mom and uh, 24 was considered a young mom in 2005. Oh, 100. So, yeah. Uh, and not married and oh gosh, <laughs> you so know. Does Piper still come out to uh, many of your gigs or? Oh, every once in a while she can make time for it. She's not too. <laughs> she she's she more likes the highlights like the Junos. Ty, she was my date for the Junos. Which oh, very fun. cool, very cool. Yeah, which she could you know fill me in on the insanely um, popular TikTok stars that were at the events, but I didn't have a clue who they were from a hole in the ground. But she's she's can be useful knowledge that way. Has um, she has she got you started on TikTok or? I yeah, I'm not doing it. I can't. The, I, the best news I found out doing uh, an online info session about social media last year was if you're not in a genre <laughs> that is focused around TikTok, 
and this isn't your, really your demographic, then you don't, and I was like, good, I don't hear, I'd say no more, I'm out, I don't need to do it. Well, it's a lot I of mean, work, Evan does one every day, and it's it's crazy. Like, it's it, a lot of work, yeah, my, I mean, my Facebook, I have 10,000 plus followers on Facebook, yeah, um, the business, business account, and then I have, um, uh, I, you know, another six or so on my Instagram, and then more on Twitter, I just, it's just a lot to kind of keep up with. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, you could you so could you could spend all day doing social media. Like there's just I so could, much I've to do. Forty percent of my career is social media. There's no doubt about it. Well, Evan had a Evan had a little uh, Zoom meeting myself too, uh, with the guy from a label down in California, uh, Blue Island Records, uh, Rusty Young's. Uh, uh, so cool. Yeah, it was it was just a, it was more of an information thing because I'd done some work for them. But the the thing that we got out of it was that's basically what he told Evan. He goes, "You're not going to do anything without a TikTok." presence i'm like what he said no that's it. without a great social presence he goes you got to do most of the work yourself these days we don't absolutely. we don't we don't get you there you get yourself there and we take you the rest of the way and i'm like oh. absolutely if you're if your demographic is on tiktok you need to be on tiktok you know well and it's it's been um, fun watching because all of a sudden his followers are growing people are watching i'm like wow that's okay i guess he was right but i couldn't find myself doing that kind of stuff either i'm too old so you know what? How many selfies do does anybody need to see of a forty two year old in a crop top on Instagram? But there I am, Dave. <laughs> you got it. We're a, hey, listen, we're okay with it. I'm sorry, but I'm okay with it. Post away, dear. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I should be careful. I get canceled. I get canceled for my thing. Anyways, I w- I've always th- I've thought about that. You know, you're when once you get on the air and you're talking, you got you got to really be careful these days. You can't even like make a kind of sideways joke you gotta watch and i had vinnie pastori on a couple weeks ago and i thought oh boy we're gonna blow right up here <laughs> i'll be done by, i'll be done by next week <laughs> so listen i've noticed i gotta kind of skip ahead just a bit because we can chat all night but um i noticed and i read about this as well that your songs are kind of autobiographical right you you write about you am i right correct yes i'm that immature <laughs> no, no, it's good because in the one article you you actually say you know something along the lines of you know I I, I kind of go against the grain. I actually do write about myself, and I love I that because I love listening to the songs and going, ah, oh, that's cool. I get that. Yeah, I mean, like life experience. The one thing that I've noticed in my many many years of writing, twenty five years of writing music, is that a lot of people feel a lot of similar feelings to what I feel. And, <coughs> right. you know, then you you provide this platform and, and people can say, oh, I'm not the only person going through this. Like, you know, one of my recent big topics, um, although I've only kind of started the process of writing about it, is my divorce. Right. Where are the divorce songs that are hopeful? I mean, right. divorce <laughs> songs are all like, they're all country songs yeah yeah i just i think we need i think we need there's an opportunity to create a new dialogue there of hope and like i didn't get to choose the end of my marriage it was like a terrible shock to me and and it was really painful and awful but guess what i'm not the only one who's gone through it so why the heck isn't there music that i can listen to that helps me get through it, you know? And so I know that it's part of my job as a songwriter to, you know, connect to audiences and and create a voice when there doesn't feel like there's a voice there for a certain dialogue. I really believe that's one of my duties on this planet. That's that's, a great way to look at it. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't have to be sad. 
there can be a narrative there that is hopeful. There can be a narrative there that is, you know, things happen for a reason and life continues. And what are you going to do with the rest of your life? You know, it doesn't matter if you've been in a marriage or a relationship for 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years. It's over. Okay, so yeah. what are you going to do? Now what are you going to do? Be sad the rest of your life? That doesn't seem like a very nice option at all. No, so, no, and, you, and you've come out on a good, you know, on the good side of this. And oh, gosh, and I, my divorce is the best thing that ever happened to me. Yeah, you didn't you feel like that at that. first, obviously, but now. Oh, no, no, God, it was terrible. It was, the whole thing was terrible, and I lost my family, and I lost my home, and, yep. and I, I, ha- I was in the middle of a pandemic. It was the summer of 2021. I had no career. I mean, right. <laughs> that's you lose it all, and then you're sitting at the bottom, and you're thinking, uh-oh, what do I have to live for here? Because I couldn't even really provide much support for my kid. And I thought, oh, no, I can see how this could get really ugly really quickly. And then I had this moment of, okay, I'm not the only person who's going through this or has gone through this. Uh-huh. Um, and then it was like, how do I get into this? Well, writing myself out of it was a way to survive it. And so I ended up writing a lot of really hopeful, happy, um, music, you know, and optimistic music. And, uh, although it doesn't necessarily pertain directly to the divorce, it was self-soothing. It, it helped right. me get through that difficult time. And, you know, and even the challenging, more, you know, divorce-oriented songs, of heartbreak on the record, um, I think there's actually really only one. <laughs> but what's going to happen is probably in the future I'll be able to write more about that, but find a way to give it a hopeful spin and a positive spin because now I see that there's having gone through it, there's not really music that reflects it, and people need music. It helps us. It heals us. It does, and, and you know, first of all, I'm a very strong woman. I, I applaud you for that. But you know, the the idea of writing, you know. Back in the day, I, I, I wrote a lot of songs myself. They were all put away in a box. But, you know, oh, I gosh. could, s- but I could see how, you know, because Evan does the same thing and he's just young. But I can see how that, you know, you said writing yourself out of it. And I, that makes total sense that you could, you know, just keep writing songs and songs until you got yourself feeling a certain way. And obviously you got to that place. So It's a fake it till you make it. I mean, <laughs> I, I do that in a no, lot of aspects of my life. Um, but that's really what allowed me to move forward through my divorce um, as quickly as possible because I thought, no, 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 I love being married. I married the wrong person, clearly, right. and they have chosen to end this, and there must be a reason that I don't fully understand. And now I'm so thankful he ended the marriage, you know, really, because I found a wonderful partner. Turns out working with only men pretty much for decades has its benefits. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. It's like building homes. Eventually, you're going to build the right home for you because you've exactly. been building homes for years. You now. know, there is a hot drummer out there somewhere. <laughs> Turns out New Jersey um, <laughs> too has all these connections to Light of Day, which yeah. is hilarious because he had never been in Light of Day. And then last year, we both performed in Light of Day separately, which was just hilarious. Right. And and now my life has moved on this beautiful direction and I'm so excited. Oh, we're excited uh, for and, you. and thrilled awesome. with how things have turned out. You well, know? And we're gonna talk about Light of Day on the other side of this song, but we were talking about uh, you know, you writing autobiographical and you know, I, honestly I, I know I say I've said this like twice on this show and I 
people are going to think I just say it because I got the person on, but Live at the Isbell is one of my favorite live albums. It really is. Joe Durso's live album is also one of my favorite live albums. But your 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 album, I mean, right from right from the first song, I mean, it's just got so much energy, and you can see why you sold out those that theater. Was it three nights in a row? Two nights in a row? Uh, yeah, we've had, we had a, we've had six sellouts there. But I mean, the for that record, like wasn't it? Two and a half years. But for that record, wasn't it based on two shows or three shows? Oh no, it was based. We we pulled music from six sold out shows there. Oh, you did. Oh, okay. I can't have that yeah. Oh, so you learned something about that. Yeah. Well, it's it's just a great. But the one song, you know, and after you know, no, well, obviously you could tell this was autobiographical. But you've got a song on there called "Dear CBC," and. and it, the, the line, I mean, you talked about this quickly when you got on the line earlier. My days of singing CCR in bars has disappeared. And I, I laughed hysterically just because I have an 18-year-old who's already tired of brown-eyed girl and <laughs> Cecilia and honky-tonk woman. He's like, you know, he, he loves when he gets to play, you know, like last weekend he got to play all original. He's like, oh, people listening to me for myself. But he's also had some great gigs playing you know, uh, you know, patio music, but you know that had to be tiring. But tell me about the song. You can tell me about that line, but tell me about that song, dear CBC, because we're going to play it next. But kind of give us a little bit of an intro, and I'll play it. Okay. So the idea is, you know, we have we get royalties uh, when our music is played on certain types of radio. Uh, generally, it's commercial radio or CBC, Sirius right. XM. If you get on digital radio, you, that pays a lot of money. So. It's really hard to get your music on some of these formats that pay money. And um, community radio, unfortunately, we don't get paid when our songs play, but the exposure is always great, and it helps fill uh, venues when we play live shows. Sure. So I, I really wanted CBC to start picking up my stuff. There's a paycheck associated to it when they run my music. And the other thing is the exposure is fantastic. Sure, you know, it's a... Yeah. It's an institution, of course, in this country, and I felt like I'd been overlooked by them a thousand times. There's this one great guy in Ottawa, Alan Neal, from a show All in the Day, and he has really been a supporter of what I do for, gosh, 15 years now. But he was it. There was nobody else paying attention. And I thought, uh-uh, it's not how it rolls um, in my world. Right. So that's where that song came from. Oh, it's it, it's it's a great song, and you, and you definitely make a point. And I like how you say at the end too. Uh, you had other friends up here on this stage with you that uh, would like their music played on there too. So it wasn't done just selfishly. I get that. So now there's a lot of great music out there, so uh, they can share the love a little bit, you know. And there's something in the water in Kingston. I don't know what it is, but I mean, I just you know, Kingston and Hamilton. There's something about like I, I, I would yeah. say most of our musicians come from those two spots. But so I'm gonna agree. I'm gonna play this. It's it, it's a great song. I mean, there's so many great songs on this record, folks. Make sure you go to Spotify, check her out. But then once you check out Miss Emily, go to her website and purchase the stuff, okay, and check her out when you see her coming nearby at a, at a club or a theater near you. This one's called Dear CBC, and it's from the album Live at the Isbell. Here's Miss Emily. Dear CBC Won't you please Play my music on your stations two and three. I've been gigging 20 years. Yeah, I've a real legit career. 99% self-funded, but I feel you just don't hear me. And I 
times last year. Yeah, my days of singing CCR in bars has disappeared. But you won't add me to rotation. And I guess the big frustration is I've always been a listener, supported you and been so patient. And now I'm five albums in. Man, I just turned 37. And I feel it's now or never to take a chance and take some action. Because you're starting to bring me down. Well, I got cool shit happening all around me. Oh, see. stations to you're listening to just around the corner on 4680 q and lovely downtown niagara falls and that was our guest today miss emily with dear cbc from her juno nominated album live at the isbel miss emily you still there I am here. She didn't go anywhere. Well, <laughs> so so that album was nominated for a Juno. Tell us about that experience. That had to be. I mean, we've had a we've had a Rock and Roll Hall of Fame around the show, and now we've got a Juno nominee. Tell us tell us what this was like. So it's so funny because I've submitted to Junos uh, before for potential consideration. Nothing had happened, and uh, that was fine. You know, I mean, there's a lot of talent in this country. Um, but I just happened to, uh, on the day of the re- the um, release of the nominees for the in 2022, it was March 1st last year. I I was talking uh, while I was working out um, on the phone, texting back and forth with my producer on my new record, Steve Mariner. And Steve Mariner, some people might know him from the wonderfully uh, successful band Monkey Junk. And Steve had a solo album, and he's like, well, I'm just watching the nominations. I'm like, oh, gosh. So I went upstairs and turned on the computer just in time to see the to see if he was nominated. I'd actually kind of forgotten I'd even submitted because I submitted in a kind of a devastatingly tragic time in my life. Right, right. Uh, and, I, and I don't even really remember submitting. Um and Lord knows, I, I, I did I submit the right stuff? Like, who knows? It was probably just a copy and paste from the year before. But the album was still relevant um, in the guidelines of the timeline that right. uh, it can be considered for the Juno. So, sure enough, um, they said my name uh, right after they said Steve Mariner's that name cool. <laughs> for nominees. And I lost my marbles. I couldn't believe it happened. I it was guess just, so. It was crazy. So what was the experience like, you know, taking Piper to the show? Wow. It, you know, first of all, thank goodness it was only in Toronto, so I didn't have to pay for flights. But gosh, that's an expensive weekend. <laughs> <laughs> Especially when you're paying for two people. Um, yeah. 
uh, they make it affordable for our tickets, which is nice. You know, you and your guests, uh, that's a very affordable part of it. It's the outfits and the hair and the makeup and the hotel. Right. And um, that type of uh, that type of stuff, is the, that's the expensive part. But it was, you know, you can't put a price to memories and to get to, um, you know, to get to do experience that with my daughter was something else. The main event is actually the night before the televised one. The night before the televised one that everybody sees on TV oh. um, is when they hand out most of the Junos, and that's kind of the big night. So it's uh, you can live stream it, but it's not on you know CBC or whatever. So uh, we went to both live, and it was it was just really exciting, really fun. And what a great memory great with your daughter. Dressed up. That's so. awesome. Uh, now, so to to let our uh, listeners uh, in on some of the awards you've won. You've won the Maple Blues New Artist of the Year 2020, Maple Blues Female Artist of the Year 2020 and 22, so just recently, the Maple Blues Sapphire Video Award uh, for Hold Back the River. And you were nominated for Best Album of the Year for Live at the Isabel and 2022, an International Songwriting Award for your song, which is going to be our final song and one of my favorites, Three Words. Wow. You've been doing pretty good, lady. It's been a good, you know, all things considered, it's actually been a pretty good couple of years. I was just going to say, you put that on a resume. You don't need anything else. Just put that here. This is me. Like, that's pretty good. I, you know, I, you're hired. <laughs> <laughs> For the one thing I can do, make music. We're back in business. <laughs> well, that, you know, I, I hate thinking about that because you guys really got hit hard, and that's, you know, people bitch and moan about prices of tickets and this and that. But, you, you know, these days, but you guys were out of work for a long time. And I know it's the big guys that are charging the big prices, but, you know, prices have gone up. Uh, but, uh, you know, I, I think that's how we've got to go back and support you folks is just get out there, go watch live music, you know, don't complain about the prices, buy some merch and help you guys out because you, you guys in restaurants and, uh, you know, theaters and venues, you guys took a beating during COVID. It was a big beating for the service industry and the entertainment industry, oh. many industries. And but you're absolutely right um, in what you're mentioning there. And you know, I, I, I my spending money doesn't really go to um, clothes and shoes. It goes to restaurants for that very reason. Yep. Actually, it's a really hard um, industry. I mean, because I worked so closely with so many owners in my early years playing restaurants and That's bars. Right. So I, I've always tried to make sure that I spend money. Um, in those types of establishments, um, because you realize the margins are small. It's it's not. You have to really love what you're doing to go into that industry. It's it can be a money maker, but those those successful businesses are few and far between. It really you have to be. Uh, you have to love your job, and you have to love um, you know you're there creating all the time, creating nights. food for people. And it's yep. it's just the margins are so small. Really. Yeah. No, it's true. Now, before we we pack it in, I mean, obviously the show's called Just Around the Corner. It's all light of day artists. So, I, I always it, it always seems we have so much to talk about. Then all of a sudden it's like, oh yeah, we got to talk about light of day. Uh, <laughs> 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 but you guys are all so interesting. This, I'm this is very selfish. I'm only doing this so I can learn. So yeah, hopefully we have listeners. But really, I just do this for me. Uh, my little dog and pony show. Uh, that's, that's a Letterman used to call it. So tell us. Tell us how you got involved with Light of Day originally. Like, I mean, when I think back, it's like, oh, she's there. Like, you just appeared, and, you know, Light of Day to me is a blur. And it's like, I, I, I can't picture when. And, and I tried to look it up. Uh, 
I didn't actually ask Gord that question because I thought I'd leave it to you. When did, when did you get started in Light of Day Canada? Now, we know there's others, but Light of Day Canada. Light of Day Canada was actually 2014, okay. and I missed an email that appeared in my inbox. I, I caught it, I want to say, a month or two after it was sent from this really nice guy named Gord Hunter. <laughs> and I did not know Gord at the time. And he said, hi, I'm, I'm writing on behalf of Light of Day Canada, we're an organization that raises money for Parkinson's disease research, primarily through live music events. Right. And the ironic thing here is, you know, you realize as an artist over the years, you get asked to do a bazillion charity events. I've raised money for this, that, and the other thing, random things, and a really, you know, standard things like women's shelters and Canadian Cancer Society and stuff like that. But one of the causes that I really, really wanted to get involved with was something Parkinson's disease-related, if you can believe it. Wow. And the reason for that is my songwriting mentor as a teenager was a man named Marinus Vandertot. Uh, I think he's one of the greatest talents this country's ever seen, and they didn't really get to see him because he was diagnosed um, with early-onset Parkinson's, oh, which I was very notice. limiting for him. Um, and he wrote some incredible music and had a studio and um, created music with his son, who also is incredibly gifted, Jeff Vandertot. And uh, I somehow got connected with them when I was, I want to say, 15. Marina's taught me so much, and, and really, to this day, so much of what he taught me sh shaped me as a songwriter that I continue to be and grow into and and talk about an influence so um so this was natural I, for you that's great yeah so it's very much great a fit. personal very much a personal connection that way so um when i got this email from gord hunter i thought oh my gosh finally and then i was involved with this kingston um performance light of day uh peter elkis yeah. was on the bill and i didn't know who peter was but peter's keyboard player was a guy named jeff hayshult and Jeff and I had played in Bob Cage in Ontario with a Tragically Hip because Jeff also plays in The Truth. Right, right. And we'd hit it off, and I'm a huge Jeff fan. I just started to kind of listen to any type of bands that he was in because I just loved his style of playing. So, <laughs> so talk about full circle on so many levels. And uh, I come to the Kingston event. I meet Willie Nile. I meet all these great people. And from there, Gord said, why don't you, you know, like, do more and so we did oh gosh you know what i think that was actually 2013 because 2014 the show we did i somehow ended up unless we did two shows in kingston that year no okay. you did one okay so in 2000 it must have been the 2014 show um bob benjamin came up right joe durso was oh, up that was a great show oh was that, was a wonderful that blue show. martinis and that's where yes. i met vinnie pastore yeah oh that said, was a fun time the blue martinis. yes and he said you need to come down to Asbury Park, and, and, and Tony Pellegrosi was there, Gene Nichols was there, I believe, too. Yep. And I went down, and I, and I went, it was January 2015. Is this a I smuggling was, story? Pardon me? Are you going to tell the smuggling story when Gord smuggled you? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, essentially, okay, I, uh, <laughs> I, I Gord being the little miracle worker that he is, he managed <laughs> to get me a couple kind of, you know, mini sets uh, or uh, um, appearances in the Light of Day Festival right. in Asbury Park, the big winter fest, in January 2015. I was really new to working with the organization, of course. And then there's this show that's happening um, at the Paramount Theater, Bob's Birthday Bash, and um, 
we knew Springsteen was going to be there because Tony Palagrosi took us out for a drive that day. Now knowing Tony's schedule, how he ever had time to for a drive, drive. Exactly. I was going to say, I can never get in touch with him when I get down there. Oh my it's gosh! Tough to find, no, yeah. he drove Jeanette and Gord and I around. I think maybe because I was new blood to the whole organization. I don't know, but nice. we went on a nice job. A drive went out for brunch, <laughs> 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 and he goes casually mentions, "Oh well, Springsteen's going to be playing tonight at the show. It's a surprise." And um, you know, I, I don't want to say I'm not a Springsteen fan, but I don't really. Springsteen is just—he's a household name, but that's pretty much it. If right, you mean. Right. I mean, I, I just didn't really know a lot of his music except for the hits, and uh, that hasn't changed. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I know he's a great force of nature, and uh, the only time I've seen him is honesty. when he's surprised audiences at Light of Day events, and sure enough, that night, I just walked in backstage with a guitar. That's what Gordon <laughs> no said. told you, bring your guitar. Grab your guitar. <laughs> being there, and Gord essentially smuggled me backstage. Uh, <laughs> um, I don't know. It must be my smile. You know, turn in. <laughs> exactly. And, so, and did you did you get to meet Bruce at all? I did. I met him at the after party. I, first of all, I ended up on stage with him, yes. with James Maddox, singing "Because the Night," which was by accident. Oh, we went that's on right. And you didn't know it by you did that. Okay, so Gord told me that I didn't know. So you were you were thinking you were going up for the finale. Correct. Then you get called on stage to do, and you like, and you don't. Okay, this all makes sense now. And you don't know <laughs> a lot of Bruce songs, so you're. And you didn't know this by him or Patty Smith, did you? I knew it because uh, Ten Thousand Maniacs right. released it in the nineties. Yeah, thank goodness I'm a nineties kid. <laughs> <laughs> that is so because cool. Because then after that, you know, whatever he played, Willie Nile essentially had gone up and 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 called to James to come up, but James and I both didn't know what was going on. So I went up with James. I was standing with him. We both went on. It was it was kind of ridiculous. I think. When uh, next thing I know, I'm on the front page of the local paper, and CBC's <laughs> calling me, and everybody's looking for this amazing story about me sharing a stage with Springsteen, and I'm like, it was an accident. <laughs> it's okay. You write it as far as you can. <laughs> so, anyways, you know, and then just as soon as I was up there singing a couple songs, I went to leave, and the the drummer hands me a tambourine, Joffo. He's like, no, <laughs> um, But around the time he broke into Thunder Road, and I'd never heard that song in my life, and yet an entire huge theater of people and stage full of people are singing every syllable, and I thought I'd never heard And you're going, song. I don't know this song. I did my little sidestep off the side of the stage, which was fine. Well, you're like a, you're like a, you're like an atheist in the in the Vatican. Going, I have no clue what you guys are doing. Up and down, up and down. What is this? <laughs> Essentially, yes, that's a great way of putting it. But but I love the cause. I'm a passionate supporter uh, for Parkinson's disease research and awareness. And here I am now involved with this wonderful organization. And you also which go to gives Europe. Me more than I could ever give them. They really do. And you so. and you go to Europe, right? I've been to the UK like four times with Light of Day, and I've That's been right. to Europe twice now with Light oh. of Day. So, folks, this Amazing. lady gives a lot of her talents and her time. I mean, you just so make sure you go out and listen to her and pick up uh, some of her records. I mean, she's got a golden voice. You really do. Um, I mean, you put you put your voice. Wait, wait, no, when you you put those uh, acapella songs on nice and loud, and it just sends a chill up your your back. It's just just beautiful, and I, and we love having you. As, 
part of uh, Light of Day. You've been a huge force for all of us. And, and when I think of Light of Day Canada, it's funny how that happened. You know, when you, you think of, you know, where we started and where we are, and I've kind of been on hiatus. We're just so you know, we, we are putting together a show for the fall, but we keep, and I know you know a little bit about this, we keep losing what we think are our headliners. <laughs> and it's, it's, not, it's not easy putting together a show, folks, just so you know. We, we thought we had somebody, and that fell by the wayside. Last week, during my show, M, I get a text that the band we thought we had <laughs> said oh. no. And that threw me off for the next half hour. I'm like, are you kidding? Uh, but we are having a show. We're going to come hell or high water this fall. There will be a Light of Day Niagara. Uh, there will be, and it's going to be great, Dave. And you do such a great job. You're so passionate about the cause. And, and you know, it really, it's, it's, it really, this organization is so special because they really give so much back to the artists that donate their time for the cause. Everybody wins. And the audience wins because they always get a great show, and they're supporting a great cause. So I don't know if there's more of a feel-good than what the Light of Day organization brings to the table. I no, really don't you're know. 100% right. And, and you know what's funny? When when the um, motivation starts to wane a little bit, you know, you get you get busy with your family and your mm -hmm. business, and, you know, you're thinking, oh, maybe we don't have time. You, all you got to do is take a trip to Asbury Park for Winterfest. And you yeah. walk back, and you go, or you come back, and you go, okay, yeah, we're ready, let's go. And I, that's exactly what happened again this year. I was like, oh yeah, we're we're ready to go, and mm -hmm. you know, everybody's. Oh, it's so great! It really does. It puts new wind in the sails. It's, uh, oh, you know, we have a still people. have so far to go with that disease, and uh, I'm hopeful. I know a lot of us are hopeful. Well, they're making they're making large steps, so that's that's good. It is. It really is good. So um, I, I just I couldn't say enough about. Light of day. What you do personally is so exceptional, and uh, I know you've got a great team you work with, a small but mighty team, and, uh, you know, go well, team. We plan on go expanding team. it, so uh, yeah, send us your resume, because we, really we, we really need more people involved, so uh, <laughs> <laughs> if you want to put wear another hat, you can come on and, and be part of the board with us. Oh, Emily. gosh. Yeah, now, Emily, board member, I don't know about that. <laughs> well, hey, if Sammy Grasso can be on the council, right, in Prince Edward <laughs> County, he's turning things around in PEC, I'll tell you. Love my buddy. <laughs> Love my brother, Sammy. Now, listen, before we go, I, I'd be remiss if I did not mention your amazing new album, Defined by Love. Uh, it came out, uh, when, when did it exactly, it says 2022, but was it the end of the year? Yeah, September 30th, 2022, yeah. it came out. We did a big album release so here good. in Kingston on October 5th, or so October 1st, then one in Toronto on October 5th. And uh, it is out, and I'm just really now pushing it. It was I had so much to do. In the fall of 2022, I um, with Down Child and Overseas with Light of Day. Right. I wasn't able to focus too much on its release, so now now I just hired a radio tracker here in Canada, and we're going to give it some uh, real pushes across the country. So, uh, yeah, I'm just really happy with how this album turned out. And you're live at the Rideau Carlton Casino on the 29th, right? I am. I'm that so sounds cool. excited. I've got some really great shows coming up. Um, uh, super, super, you know, close by in dates. I've got, um, you know, London and Sarnia and the Rito Carlton Casino and Chelsea, Quebec. That's my April. So oh, that's if you nice. check out my website, themissemily.com, I have everything listed there. And tickets go on sale for my next Isabel show, the first big show since before the pandemic. Um, oh, nice. We're doing that May 19th. 
So. Oh, that's great. And everybody, if you're listening, it's the Miss Emily for everything. Instagram, yeah. uh, website, it's themissemily.com, right? Correct, yeah. All yeah. right, we, yeah. Want, we want people to get out. Now, before I play this final song, uh, Gord and Jeanette, uh, the one year we went down just after COVID, they didn't come, uh, which, which I- you don't realize how important they are to Light a Day Asbury until they're not there. And oh, where, so where, true. Where's Gordon Jeanette, right? It was just so. Anyways, uh, you were playing a McLoon, and you debuted a song, and I videotaped it for Gord, and oh, it was right. It, it, I, that was the first time you ever played it. You had just written a gorgeous, gorgeous song, and I videotaped it and sent it to to Gord, and I just I fell in love with this song, and you put this on the new album, right? Three words. I did, yeah. It's on the new album. It's on Live at the Isabel, and uh, and it was it won the um, performance category for International Song of the Year, which is wow. crazy. That's awesome. Um, the International Songwriting Competition is obviously a big one, and so you know you submit, but you're like, what? It's still in the running. It's still in the running, and then it won. It was just crazy. So uh, well, it, it's a beautiful song, and I mean, you know, is that one of those songs that just came to you? Absolutely. I, I describe it as barfing up a song. <laughs> it's essentially, it was written in 20 minutes, you know. That's that's so. very Miss Emily-ish right there. <laughs> well, Don't make em- things too precious around here. <laughs> em, this was so much fun. Um, not, not sure, like I said, why I was so nervous other than the fact that I finally had a lovely lady on the... We got, we, I have to get... But, you know, you, you talk about this and... So do a few of our friends. I know Lisa McIntosh is listening right now, and um, you know we, we talk about you know more women in rock and roll and and more exposure. And I and I love that you you kind of wave that flag and you fly that flag and you and you're really out there pushing for more women artists in in, in the music industry. There's no lack of talent. There's no, tons there of talent out there. Women in this industry, they just need more support. And unfortunately, it is still harder as a woman to get work. To be taken seriously, the you know it is still behind. It is still a very sexist industry, and there's room for improvement here. I feel very hopeful. I've watched some changes happen, and um, minorities in general, and women are minorities in this industry. Um, so I just I look forward to the day when we just have more visibility. I think it's happening, I and so we too. have a long way to go. And uh, in the meantime, folks, if you you, you want to know some more female names, you just write me. I will happily give them out. You know, there's so many great female artists in this country that deserve more attention. Uh, that's amazing. Well, Em, thanks for, I mean, we went way over time, and, and that's great. I mean, it was a great interview. I had a lot of fun, and hope you enjoyed your time. I had a great time. I had so much fun talking to you, Dave, and thanks so much for making the time to talk to me today because... Um, it was a really, really special conversation, and I just love talking about Light of Day and music in general. So well, like great I said, to have that time with you, my friend. Like I said, selfishly, I get to learn a lot, so this was great. <laughs> I took <laughs> notes. so <laughs> I didn't need to take notes. This is recorded. Oh, well, you know, I'm, an, I'm old school schooling, right? So <laughs> yeah, that's good. Organized, I think we call that. There you go. Well, listen, <laughs> uh, you, you take care. All the best to Piper and her uh her choices for university moving forward and like you said tell her to follow her dreams because that's important thank you i will pass that on she'll love that love you em thanks very much love you too brother have a good one you too sweetie wow that was that was a great interview 
uh, I had a lot of fun. I don't, like I said, don't know why <laughs> I was a little off to, to start, but it was so much fun, and, and I learned a lot. And she's a wonderful, wonderful person uh, who does so much with her talents and her time. And honestly, take a listen to, well, all of her records, but this live album, Live at the Isbell, it is so good. One of the best live albums I've ever heard, and even her voice, like I said, it just cut right through you. Uh, I want to end with one of her songs. Before I do, though, just want to remind everybody that you can catch all the podcasts at 4680q.com. You can also catch us on Spotify. Search for Just Around the Corner. And, of course, alightedaycanada.com slash podcast. Uh, this one should be up uh, sometime this evening, although we are going into the studio <laughs> with Ev soon. Uh, try to get it up tonight, if not early tomorrow morning. Next week. I have another great guest. This is so much fun. I get to talk to so many cool people. And uh, this guy just played a, a private house concert uh, at the Rotellas uh, about a week ago. Uh, Evan uh, opened and they joined, uh, or Evan joined uh, Stephen on stage and Dave Rave jumped up at the end. And uh, it was such a good time. He's just such a great guy. Stephen Stanley, you might know him from the lowest of the low, uh, or his new band, the Stephen Stanley Band, his album, Jimmy and the Moon. I say this to everyone. It's a Desert Island album. You've got to have it in your collection if you're a music lover. He'll be live in the studio. He's actually driving in from Toronto, uh, and then he's going to join us in the studio later on that night. So he'll be here uh, at 4680Q next Tuesday, the week after that. A later start, and I may move the show a little bit later anyways. It's kind of hard to get people on at 3 o'clock, but uh, uh, it'll be probably around 7 o'clock with Bobby Mahoney from Bobby Mahoney and the Seventh Son and our guest host, Mr. Evan Rotella. So we talked about this song when we were uh, closing the, sh uh, the interview with Emily. Um, this album is from the nom Juno-nominated album, Live at the Isbell. It's a song that she wrote and debuted at McClune's uh, in Asbury Park, and I, I was lucky enough to be there and videotape it. It's out there somewhere. Uh, this one's called Three Words from Live at the Isbell. Here's Miss Emily. Have a good week, everybody. Three In a moment, all was one. It was more than just for fun. And all because three words. Three And the love we 
Yeah. 